Hotter Than Health, episode 50. Um, My name is Eliza Gelman. I'm your host. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, health, overall healthy lifestyles, and of course, your morning conference call, which we are definitely going to get into on this podcast. So it is episode 50. I've been doing this for over a year. I don't know exactly when. I think like a year and three months, something like that. And I am just very proud because there were a lot of statistics saying that typically podcasts don't make it past something like seven episodes. So feeling really good and just want to give myself a pat on the back because I've set a lot of goals for myself this year, um, in the past, just in the past year, and especially with this podcast. And um, I'm just very excited about it. And Genuinely, I wouldn't have kept doing it if I hadn't gotten feedback from you guys saying that you were getting value from it, saying that you were um, excited to listen, saying that you subscribed, uh, giving reviews, ratings, all those good things. Thank you guys so, so much for all of the support and all of the amazing feedback. Thank you for constructive criticism. It's been wonderful. Um, Thank you to Honeycraft Music for the shout out and the uh, music on the beginning of the podcast. It's to die for. I love it so much. And um, yeah, it's episode 50 and we're not doing anything crazy today, but I kind of just wanted to take it back to square one and talk a little bit about hydration and how we can be fueling our body and why maybe you're not seeing the gains that you want to be seeing if you're working out or you are dieting or anything like that, trying to burn some fat. Um, If you're not seeing the gains or the fat loss that you want to be seeing, um, then we're going to get into that a little bit, maybe some reasons why. So before we get into it, I want to come full circle again one more time and just say thank you to everyone who has listened, supported, shared, liked, commented, subscribed. And just one more time, I always have to ask, if you are listening to this podcast, it means that you find some type of value in it whatsoever. And just go ahead click subscribe, click like, click share. Even if you're like, okay, I've already shared it before. I've already subscribed. I've already written a comment or a review or rated it. Do it again. It's great. It always sees uh, new eyes, always see it every time you repost. And it means the world. I, I mean, it's every time I see that someone screenshots it and shares it and tells me that they're listening, I get this whole rush of energy. It makes me so excited. It makes me want to work that much harder. And um, yeah, I, I genuinely just, I live for it and it makes me so happy because my whole goal, I said it on episode one and I've said it multiple times since then, if I can affect one person, then that's success to me. You know, success on this podcast doesn't mean getting $5,000 an episode. It doesn't mean getting 5 million downloads. It doesn't mean anything like that to me. It just means I want to, you know, share my knowledge, share my research, share my life a little bit. And if it can affect someone in a positive way, then my job is done. Anyways, so we're going to get into it. Um, Make sure you like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. But this isn't going to be a super, super long podcast. I'll give you a little bit of updates on what's going on. I know last week we talked about the 75-day challenge that I was doing. It's, just to recap, it is one gallon of water per day, two workouts, and typically mine have been like one harder workout and then one long walk slash run, which is like 40 minutes. 
and two workouts, one progress photo, 10 pages read in like a nonfiction, either self-help or developmental book each day, no drinking, and you're sticking to a diet that you are comfortable with. You create it for yourself, but no cheat days off of that diet. So um, being pretty mindful of what you think your boundaries are. So for me, I cut out French fries and that's because I'm pretty proud of my diet right now. And, um, I know what feels best to me and I try and stick to that. So that is the 75 day challenge so far. It's been amazing. I'm feeling good. And I feel like honestly, my body is really responding most to one, the two at eight workouts, but not killing myself in each workout because I don't think that my body would bounce back the way I would want it to, especially if I'm doing it every single day for 75 days. But I think one thing that my body is really responding amazing to is the no drinking. And I know we talked about it last week. I have a lot of reasons why this is important to me, but, um, foundationally and just with physical, not side effects, but physical benefits that I'm seeing from not drinking are things like I can tell my digestion is a little bit better. I can tell, um, like my breath doesn't smell as bad in the morning. My skin is just a little bit clearer. My, um, my sleep is deeper and I know that I didn't drink much during the weeks anyways, uh, only really on the weekends, but even drinking like two or three days later, my body was still feeling the effects of it. So I think that not putting too much of that acidity into my body uh, and not throwing off my pH levels intentionally with alcohol, I think that has been incredible. So it keeps my body pretty alkaline, which is why digestion has been amazing. So it's not super acidic. It's not super, uh, it's more of a neutral pH balance in my body. And I'm feeling awesome about that. It's also made me more mindful. I would not be able to be doing two days with, um, with adequate recovery and hydration if I was drinking. I think that it's very intentional the way that this uh, work, this challenge is set up. It's, you know, you're not going to have time to read or do what you need to do, recover, sleep adequately to recover your body for those two workouts if you're drinking. So I think that the no drinking is actually the biggest part for me. Anyways, soapbox off of it. I'm good to go. Um, so a lot of people reach out to me and when we go over our like if it's a client calling me about setting up meal guides or fitness guides typically I hear one of two things either they're working out six days a week really hard but not seeing the results that they want or they're you know doing you know adequate workouts maybe 20 25 30 minutes a day for three or four days a week which is good but they're not seeing what they want. I believe that consistency is key when we're talking about working out. I think that adding in resistance training, some sprints, and some mobility and low impact work like yoga is incredible. I think that's like the holy, the holy grail, the trinity, the trifecta. I think that's what you need to be hitting, like two or three resistance trainings per week, cardio hit to get your um, to get those type two muscle fibers along with the resistance training that you're, um, that you're doing. I think that getting your heart rate up that, um, anaerobic, those anaerobic airways, making sure that you're moving those, um, that's also going to help burn a lot of calories. And 
I th- it's also great for like muscle density. It's great for bone density. It's great for mental health and endorphins, serotonin levels. I think all that good stuff. And also yoga, you know, you want to make sure that you're being mindful of your movement, um, understanding what parts of your body are maybe tight that maybe need mobility and just giving yourself that time to be a little bit more still. I think that's like the Holy grail of working out. But a lot of people say that they are working out and they're not reaping the benefits. They're like, I work out so much. Why am I not seeing these results? I'm eating really healthy. I'm, I'm getting enough protein probably. Um, and I don't know what I'm doing. So a lot of the times I hear this and, um, I'll ask, the first question I ask is, well, how much water are you drinking a day? And they're like, Oh, plenty, plenty. You know, I fill up my water bottle like mm, twice. I'm like, okay. So that's great maybe for someone who isn't working out. Um, And again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not prescribing any type of, um, you know, medical prescription, diagnosis, whatever. But uh, I just notice that when people aren't hydrating enough, their body starts to retain water, which leads to a little bit of bloat, which leads to lethargy, which leads to less sweat while you're working out. So, um, it's like not very natural for your body. So I think that adding in a little bit more water, I would even say, uh, going as far as to have 32 ounces of water, maybe at three, three parts of your day. So when you wake up, have 32 ounces of room temperature water. I like to add in pink sea salt. This is like a huge hack of mine because I sweat a lot. If you're a sweater, this is a kind of a tangent. If you are a sweater, whether it be throughout the day, whether it be during your workouts, just if you sweat at any point in your day, you need to be replenishing those electrolytes. Now, typically people are getting, you know, a certain amount of electrolytes while they're eating and they're ingesting water through their food and through the fluids that they drink. But If you're not eating like a high fiber, high water diet, then making sure that you're replacing the electrolytes in your body is going to be huge. And I'm not saying with Gatorade or like liquid IV, which is pure sugar. I'm saying I put a pinch of pink Himalayan sea salt in my water every single night so that when I drink it in the morning, it still has that potassium, some of those essential minerals. It's got potassium, it's got sodium, a little bit of chloride. And those are some electrolytes that we always lose while we're working out, while we sweat. So that's a huge priority. And if you're not already putting a little pinch of sea salt in your water, then that's, that is, should be your number one takeaway from this podcast. Um, it's so efficient. It's so easy. You won't even notice it's there. It's not like there are these big chunks of salt in your water at all. It's not like you're drinking seawater. So highly recommend replenishing your electrolytes because what's happening is when your electrolytes are depleted, that's when you start to, um, that's when you kind of start to bloat. And when water is just running through, you're, you're peeing every five minutes. You're like, oh, I can't drink that much water. I have to run to the bathroom all the time. That means the water is just flowing through you and it's not being as, as well or as um, adequately and efficiently absorbed. So adding in some of those electrolytes to your water is going to make sure that it absorbs into your body a little bit better for recovery. So um, think of it like this. If you're trying to get gains and you're not hydrating, your muscles are like 70 to 80% water and fat is about, I think it's something like five to 10% water. So you have to be replenishing. Like if you want your muscles to grow, you have to be setting them up for success by giving them what they're made of, you know? So 
if you have a lot of fat on your body, then you might be retaining water a little bit better. And you might not, you know, really need as much water because you're not made as, as much water. So the more muscle you have, the more water you need to be drinking. Um, it just spikes your digestion. If you're drinking it in the morning, it will help with your internal organs. It helps everything flow, all those good things. Now, again, if you are drinking so much water that you end up, it, there's a word hypotrinemia. I think that I always say it wrong, but it just means that you have way too much water um, in your cells and your body starts to swell. There's, it's a huge rare thing, but um, just being able to balance that water and those electrolytes and those essential minerals, keeping your sodium levels adequate. I'm not saying like go eat a can of Campbell's tomato soup with 700 milligrams of sodium. I'm saying, you know, adequate sodium throughout the day, which is salt um, and those essential minerals. That's great. And, um, Another thing. So I know that like, I'm not a huge advocate for a ton of protein powders all the time. And, you know, getting in protein 30 seconds after your workout, you're going to start to deplete um, your muscles and you're going to start to go catabolic. I don't think that you're just going to like, I don't think that people are just going to start feeding off of their muscles if they don't refuel themselves immediately after a workout. Now, I will say if you're doing a heavy lifting session and it's high intensity, then you should be replenishing your glycogen levels, which is basically just like your glucose levels that are stored in your muscle that you pull from during your workouts that you need for fuel, like you need them. Um, you do need to be replenishing those afterwards or else you could start to become more catabolic and feed off of muscle because it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have anything to pull from. And if it's not pulling from fat, um, you want to make sure that you're getting adequate protein so that your body can start pulling from fat instead of pulling from muscle. So, um, if you're not really working out that much, maybe around like 45, 55 grams of protein per day is good for a woman. But if you are lifting heavier, then I would even recommend just slightly more. And you don't even have to be super intentional about it. Obviously ingest good ingredients, but maybe add in one scoop of protein powder, hemp protein powder with like minimal ingredients, organic, non-GMO to your oatmeal or to your smoothie or um, adding in some more, like maybe a half a cup of black beans to your omelet or to your quinoa, um, adding in some chia seeds or almonds throughout the day, that would be really great as high quality forms of protein. So just make sure that you are adding in some type of protein throughout your day. If you're lifting a little bit heavier and maybe, maybe about an hour after you work out, at least that would be great. Um, you might not be super hungry right after you work out. That's very normal. So, cause your body is in that fight or flight mode when you're working out, it's not prioritizing your hunger hormones. It's prioritizing your cortisol hormones, which is your stress hormones, which you need when you're working out. Like you gotta be on point, you know, your, your body is in a different state, like that fight or flight mode. So if those, um, if your sympathetic nervous system is on fire while you're working out, then you aren't going to be thinking about food. You're going to be like, your body's going to think, okay, run from the bear. But when you're done and you're settled and you want to start, um, refueling your body, make sure that you're getting a lot of water, uh, with those electrolytes and maybe, maybe a banana quick, quick, uh, little sugar rush into your bloodstream, super easy to digest. And then maybe, you know, 30 minutes after that, you have a little protein shake. You know, you get your hemp seed protein or you have some edamame, you have some black beans and rice, that kind of stuff. Highly recommend. Those are some great post-workout types of fuel. Now, 
if you are listening to this and maybe you're training for a marathon, um, I'm not like telling you how to taper off or how to, um, carbo load before a marathon, but I am saying like, you want to make sure that your glycogen storage, which is like I said before, it's the glucose molecules, which is basically like carbs and sugar, your quick fuel. Um, those are stored in your muscles. So if those start to deplete, if you're working out for like an hour of intense workout at a time, you may want to consider getting some type of um, electrolyte beverage during your workout and maybe some type of glucose during your workout. Like um, let's say you could add in maybe a little bit of apple juice to your water, like some organic, amazing apple juice, or you could add in um, like a handful of maybe not cranberries because they're high in fiber, but like a little bit of OJ, something quick that will get into your bloodstream, maybe a gummy snack, just kidding. But um, not a lot of people that listen to this podcast are working out for an intense full hour, but if you are and you're feeling like you have that energy in your reserves and you can keep pulling from that and um, you don't feel like you're getting dizzy or like whiting out, anything like that, I think that you don't necessarily have to eat while you're working out, but make sure that you're replacing those, um, those glycogen stores and not pulling from protein after a, um, after an intense workout, maybe an hour before or an hour after, you know, if you're not working out that hard, which is fine, like hard is different. It it means different things for different people. But if you're maybe doing like a yoga class or something a little less impact, a little less weightlifting involved, that type of thing, then I really think that you're going to be fine and you don't need to, um, overthink what you're eating. Most, most people who are following a standard American diet get like way more protein than they actually need. So just making sure that you're getting that high quality protein. But if you are trying to build muscle, then you'd need to be getting those building blocks, those essential amino acids, not saying you need to go out and like buy a bunch of BCAAs for your workouts. I know everyone, there was like a huge period of time when everyone was like, yeah, BCAAs, BCAAs. No, focus on hydration, high quality protein, um, maybe some slow digesting carbs like oatmeal or um, like some strawberries, which are low in glycemic index for a little bit of quick carbs. But I don't think anyone needs to be like eating Oreos or a bowl of Lucky Charms before a workout. I just think that that's silly. Now, the second reason why you might not be seeing the progress or the gains that you want to be seeing during your workouts is simply because you aren't getting enough sleep. So I know that a lot of people prioritize their workouts over sleep, which is fucking crazy to me. And I I get that. I get that you want to wake up, start your day with something really productive. Like it's, it's definitely important to make physical activity a priority. However, if you're getting five and a half, six hours of sleep and you're waking up to do a high intensity class and you're not going to bed, you know, until 10 that night, then I think you're better off like going for a long walk later or, um, maybe doing like a yoga class in the middle of the day or at the end of the day. And don't like, don't sacrifice your sleep because this is what happens when we're sleeping. When you sleep, this is that time when your body goes through its repairs. It goes through something called autophagy, which is basically like we talked about in the last podcast. It's like 
when your brain actually gets to get cleansed and cleaned out and it cleans out all the sludge that has built up throughout the day, it gives your, um, it gives your digestive system a chance to take a break. That's why, that's why they call breakfast, like breaking fast. You've been fasting for what, eight hours. And it really gives your body the chance to, um, repair muscles when you're sleeping. It gives your body a chance to Um, burn fat while you're sleeping. So the better your muscles are recovered from sleep, the better chances you are of burning fat throughout the night and throughout the day. So the more muscle you have in your body, the more fat that you burn naturally because it's just, it burns calories all throughout the day, all that good stuff. The less fat you have or the more muscle you have, the less fat you have in your body. It's just, it's just the way things go. So highly recommend taking a look at your sleep cycle. And if you're one of those people that's like, yes, I don't even really mean to go to bed around 10, be more intentional about it. Get to bed at 9.30. If you know that you're one of those people that gets into bed and it's still another 30 minutes before you fall asleep, go to bed 15, 20, 30 minutes earlier. And if you have kids, then try and get your shit done while they're awake or have your stuff prepped for the morning. That's why I think it's so important at night to have your coffee layout ready, have your cups out ready, have the clothes that you're going to wear, your bag packed for the gym. Don't be worrying about that shit in the morning. Your energy levels need to be spent elsewhere. You have much more important things to do than pack a gym bag. That should take you you know, two minutes at night before you go to bed so that you can just grab it and go in the morning. Your morning should be on auto and that's how you're going to get the most success. You can get the most efficient sleep because you're not worried about things. You're like already set up for the morning. Try and have your phone on airplane mode. When you go to bed, get those deep sleep levels. I'm not saying you have to be sleeping eight or nine hours a night, but you need that high quality sleep. So Turn your fucking phone off before you go to bed. Get some blue blocking glasses so that if you're looking at your phone in bed, which you shouldn't be, um, I'm guilty of it sometimes, but I try and at least for 10 minutes before I go to bed, at least read one page in a book so that my eyes aren't used to that blue light. Just one page. And then I'm done looking at my phone. I'm not looking at my phone. My phone is on the floor face down. I already have pink noise going on. So anyways... I I don't want to get too much into that, but rule of thumb, make sure that you're drinking more water, add in some pink sea salt to your water. I'm telling you, if you do it, send me a picture to send me a text, send me a DM, let me know on the podcast, write a review anywhere that you can find me. Tell me, I'm telling you, it will, it will, you won't notice that you're doing it until you stop doing it. Um, your water is just going to like be more efficient. We're all about efficiency here. So that is one thing that I have for you. Honestly, One big thing, and I swore I wasn't going to talk about this because I'm going to go on a tangent, plant-based lifestyles are so much better for muscle recovery. So you can still get adequate protein. You can still get adequate carbohydrates and fats and everything that you need to restore your muscles. Um, It's going to be easier to digest. You're going to have less internal inflammation, less your B6 levels will be um, proper and not super high. So there's less inflammation in your body because you're not going to be eating a bunch of processed bullshit. And um, yeah, I mean, you might have to take like a B12 supplement, maybe a vitamin D supplement once in a while, but that's fine. That's worth it. So I noticed that I am only sore for like a day, if anything, while I've been plant-based when I was eating meat and everything, I would not be able to walk for like days at a time after leg day. But 
I'm telling you, the inflammation is so much lower. The recovery time is so much faster. You're not going to lose gains. Um, I know that like concentrated protein and chicken and eggs is like always the easier way to go, but I've never been someone to just like, oh, this is easy. So I'm going to do it. No, I'd rather do it 110% and really see what my body is capable of. Um, that way I can wake up at four in the morning and stay up until nine on some nights and feel totally energized throughout the day until I hit my head on the pillow and then I fall straight asleep. So anyways, if you are considering going plant-based, let me know. All my meal guides are, 90% of my meal guides are, you know, catering to people who want to have a healthier lifestyle and who are like considering going a little more plant-based. It's, there's still some seafood in there once in a while, there'll be an egg or two. So if you're interested in it, let me know all the recipes and everything that I create for you are completely delicious. So that is what I have for you today. Um, hopefully you guys got one little piece of info on here. That's valuable to you. Take what you want, leave what you don't. Um, of course I care. And I'm um, not going to say that I don't care, but I hope you guys got some value out of this. Let me know, screenshot the podcast, share it, like it, uh, post it on social media. That is the best way to get it out there. Thank you so much for listening. Um, oh, also, like I mentioned, hydration is great for your digestion and it is great for your morning conference call. If you drink 32 ounces of room temperature water in the morning, I swear to God, you're going to have the best conference call of your life before your day starts. Take out the trash before you walk out the door. You know what I mean? All right. Thanks for listening. This is Hotter Than Health. We will see you next week on Thursday for episode 51.